welcome, welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community, 5D mystics, all of those who know we are first and foremost human babies, and our star history is a bonus. So spirituality process is actually the integration of the brain and the restorative embodied self. Now, to achieve this, there are a couple of equations we want to keep in mind, which would be that people who have had childhood trauma, they are in the need of understanding their circumstance. And so a traumatized brain actually has what would be the habit of having those frontal lobes pushed downward. And in fact, that neuroplasticity is using, how can I bring it? Um, the frontal lobes being pushed down will allow the amygdala to get the benefit of the neuroplastic agent, which is why trauma safety behavior. Trauma brains have an enlarged amygdala, shrunken hippocampus, shrunken prefrontal cortex. So that's also to be something understood, which is a person who did not receive in the first two years of life the appropriate attunement, a third of attunement, and then repair to rupture. And so if they had emotionally neglectful parents and or emotionally as well as traumatic, and really the traumatic neglectful parents, there's the added fear and threat. So let's say uh, there is not a lot to eat or you didn't know about, you know, wearing clean clothes or maybe your eight-year-old brother or sister had to take care of you because um, parents would be passed out or left you for days. Here's where you can also note that societal neglect, systemic neglect, as well as malevolent neglect can be a part of these equations. And usually a person who has childhood trauma can basically have all of that and more. So a person's embodied brain, the first year of life, only the right mode of your brain is online. And when you look at neuroscience, they have found when they're studying consciousness, it's on the right side of our lovely brain, the executive decision-making functions. So neurobiologically, neglect does bring about some disadvantages for people because you're not stimulated in certain circuitry but as all the trauma experts that I learned from share trauma is not a permanent thing so with the appropriate relationships and the stimuli and with psychoeducation that helps you to make sense of those emotional overwhelming feelings because the emotional body also will be disconnected this is why the journey to your enlightenment the human way is different than when you hear 4d one saying you lose friends uh, you disconnect from your oversoul people like the whole twin flames and saga they really just support what is the soul age group of relationships so you'll find that some people don't move into their enlightenment soul age group because they don't learn how to move into the active participation of their mental and emotional body so they don't take ownership of their thoughts and their feelings, so they don't decide to work with their left and right mode of the brain. Instead, the people who do, they move towards secure attachment. And so here's where I want to step in with um, Patrick Tiahan. He shares something that's quite beautiful. We already have heard from Sadhguru on how human nature is love, and I've shared with you how Stephen Porges also has told us how 
human nature is love because our ventral vagal nervous system is when our oxytocin gene hormone is on. And we are in love when we're able to sit in stillness with someone, so to feel safe with somebody. Okay, so feeling safe means that you can be yourself, I can be myself, and that means with our flaws and imperfections, which is why the 5D mystic and functional adults, or just one, sometimes we have people who aren't mystics, so they don't have clairs, they're not intuitives in the way that those of us who have clairs, we know of our future, our past lives, we know of our uh, soulmates or twin flames again we instinctively we don't need anybody to tell us in fact when you find out about it really um, the twin flame thing only helps you to understand the particularity because it's an energetic imprint you'll know immediately because of what you you recognize it's like uh, your fingers or your toe fingers you know it's part of you so you know when you've met part of your oversoul and the twin flame is the same soul and it's like I said an energetic imprint so like with mine I have three I immediately was aware of the different um, ones in different ways and I shouldn't say immediately but as soon as the ability to recognize the energetic imprint it was clear like with soulmates and on that note, let me go back to our lovely Patrick Tiahan. He is a childhood trauma survivor and now therapist. L-I-C-S-W is his um, acronym. I know it stands for like, I think it's life, inner child, something, something, but I'm not sure. But it's uh, official therapist. So he says, I love watching my son grow up in safety. And his meme we are born with naturally generous hearts and we can reclaim them by healing our childhoods. As he always shares, people who hurt people can do the work. There's plenty of good trauma-informed sources and therapists now, but you want to find ones that are experienced in childhood trauma. And as he shares, not many are. But really what it is is that not many, I would say it's more of finding the ones who truly care about what they do and so when you find mental health professionals they don't all care about all human beings they come in with an agenda which is based usually on their actual background and that's something typically normal so what you will find is that those who care will spell out to you like Patrick Tihan does, how some therapists are good. And in this case, if you have childhood trauma, you want the ones who are experts in it. And that means they're not just going to fleetingly acknowledge your inner child, but they're going to acknowledge that there's going to be work with you. So when you meet people who know this, they actually do speak about it, the therapist I'm saying. The, we are born with naturally generous hearts. Let me talk about that. So as we have noted, both Sadhguru as well as other people who are in mysticism 5D land will note human beings, our nature, ours, our is love. But if your inner child has some type of trauma, that's the part where a person can take ownership of those emotions instead of project them, projecting them. But 
they would have to be interested in learning about integration of the brain or at the very least true enlightenment and so when Sadhguru says unconditionally love all they know it means even the neighbor so when they hear the whole you're a shit you're a shit no you're a shit fuck you fuck you where true friendship is not giving lists or when he also in his inner engineering program shares about how um when you go home if you have learned then when they poke you you're going to be loving so love comes out and here's where I wonder how many actually do go home. Or after his Shambhavi Kriya, where he gets all of us to promise to unconditionally love like a mother. All people. I wonder how many go back into the city and start being friends with everybody. So 4D. You lose friends. No, you don't. Enlightenment the human way. You don't lose friends. You make more friends. You don't lose twin flames or soulmates. You make more over-soul connections. And as for twin flames... There is no uh, saga to be shared. What there is to be shared is that it is something you'll recognize and you are a person, they're a person. You have a body, they have a body. You have a mind, they have a mind. You have what is called free will and every time there are choice points, you have free will, they have free will. And that's the part of where a secure person consistently stays connected with that lovely Purusha Prakriti. And a secure person is also, simply put, a person who can, even in their insecurity, choose to take ownership of emotions and let somebody know, I was triggered right now, for example. I'm afraid right now, okay? So people choose, their choice points are how to treat each other, which is why 4D does a disservice when they talk to you about your twin flame in you should find them for your purpose. You shouldn't find them because it's challenging. All of this is a bullshit uh, bunch of statements as well as the one who says here, I can help you because, you know, the positive and negative charge, meaning every person's going to choose how they understand a relationship. If you are enlightenment material, it means you'll understand that you and others have free will and it's called you choose how to treat each other based on your experience, but also based on your choice point. The minute that you and I are having an interaction, you're going to get to choose how you're going to treat me. And that's going to stay on your consciousness the way I'm going to have my consciousness, and that's it. So if you use some devil excuse or evil excuse or, you know, shame cycle excuse, there's your, I don't know what true healthy self-worth is, because either you're superior or inferior, or you're codependent, I'm going to change people because I'm superior, or I'm a martyr, or I'm going to take care of people, and so I will blame myself if I didn't take care of you, or I'll blame you because you didn't take care of me. Those are all not the integration of the brain, or taking ownership of your emotional stuff, and then presenting a heart-to-heart conversation. So 4D perpetuates what is adaptive child behavior and they think they're anointed because of their clairs, which also doesn't help that. So that's called spiritual bypassing. They can do all the yoga they want and sadguru, as long as they're not able to know that we are born with naturally generous hearts. They have not actually healed their inner child. So they did not reclaim their own childhood. We all have a three-year-old, two-year-old. Once you can love all people, you've reclaimed it because your heart will become generous again. So raise your hand if you're a love button person and have been and you never lost generosity or kindness. I'm raising my hand no matter how many quote-unquote heartbreaks. Who's raising their hand? I'm raising my hand. 
who feels good with all the emotions of the human spectrum, my hand still raised, is yours. Who feels really, really good because we don't do human suffering. And again, this is not a competition. I'm asking you, please raise your hand if you're here. Okay. If you're not here, please be uh, in a minute. Pause yourself just for a second. Silence your mind just for a minute, please. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read Patrick to your hand, but I want people to sit in their motion and leave it alone. You know, this is the part. We all have egos. It's okay. They're not bad things. <laughs> uh, your body is important. And again, if there's neglect and any insecure stuff, it's going to come up as I shared with you. I'm a person who doesn't know, do not know human suffering. I raised my hand. I have known a three-year-old that loved, in fact, my hypnotherapy reminded me in a way that was just amazing uh, session I had. My most favorite childhood memory was as I was playing as a three-year-old with my twin sister and moving with energy. Like, it was amazing. I just started giggling. I was like, I didn't even know I could actually access that memory. Our bodies remember what our minds forget. So as I got older, of course, I didn't remember myself discovering with my hands my twin uh, and I are twins, so of course I had her near me, and, and, and that's why I remembered basically me squishing her face and her lips, and I was just laughing the whole time, this hypnotherapist session. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, and then I slowly moved through how my energy recalibrated and reorganized as I was growing up and learning by exchanging life that not everybody plays life the same way, and my energy didn't go less generous or less loving it just had to and really it was with my hands so it was with um, always with my twin too that I discovered not everybody plays the same and so people who tune in regularly heard the story it was when I was seven or eight top nine where I had a moment where I got disowned and it came up in my hypnotherapy and I went up to Jesus and God, because my hypnotherapist used them as my resource, although I told him I moved beyond the concept of God, since I have moved into, yes, we are all stars and dust once we die, that's it, even though I know my future, I know I won't know Maria, so long story short, reorganizing my energy wasn't heartbreaking, even though the disowning, who I still remember that moment, was disowned, I actually, like, completely believed my sister. So I run running to my mother. I was like, my Tina disowned me. <laughs> she said, I'm not her sister anymore. And I remember the feeling of actually like thinking it was true. So this is where when we were kids, our brain has a specific way that it is. Um, and we're in up till the age of eight. And I believe it's a theta brainwave state. So that's subconscious. Then... When we're teenagers, our brain goes through a pruning process. And in fact, here's where it also becomes neuroplastic. In fact, it's at that time that we can, as adolescents, rewire easily because its neuroplasticity is active. And uh, as we also are looking not to our family anymore to create connection, but now we're looking to outside. So that's your first choice point as a purusha prakriti, so enlightenment the human way, to continue to maintain love and generosity, which I easily again did, but the memory was, wow, my energy, I have to learn, in fact, Jesus, basically, the message, because my hypnotherapist had me 
uh, ask what is the purpose of this coming into my memory since we're doing a hypnotherapy session on my happiest childhood memory. And the message from Jesus and God in the sky and in the clouds, that was how I was visualizing it, um, was that uh, it's because not everybody plays the game of life the same way. Not everybody plays with energy of the essence of life. We're Purusha, unconditionally loving, and then we're Prakriti, this pure energy. And your three-year-old is that essence. We all have emotions that rule us. The two-year-old of you is that. Your first two years of life, though, if you didn't get a third attunement and then repair and you didn't have a safe household environment, your first two years of life are scary as shit, and that's going to come with you. So any of your relationships can trigger, which is why, as I was saying, enlightenment the human way is you take ownership of your thoughts and emotions and you don't project your unfinished business from home onto teenagers or then as you grow up. But that's what I did not see. I saw teenagers do their unfinished business and then I saw adults. So I got reminded, in fact, about ego from lovely twin flames and my experiences and it was when I was reminded by one of the twin flames about the ego that I was like wow wait a minute I totally forgot about ego shit thank you so much for reminding me and that was something that I had known I had forgotten because of Claire's having basically started to expand and the 4D community actually has a very specific story they share with us when they're talking about ascension, which is why I'm happy that I'm here for this shift right now for the 5D mystics. And that if you're a 5D mystic and you want a 5D mystics guide to enlightenment, or you want a guide to your oversoul, the 5D way, which means that you have the knowingness of taking ownership of your thoughts and emotions, you want to integrate your brain and you are definitely good with your emotional body and being a grown-up and generous and compassionate and unconditionally living with all, loving with all human beings. Nobody's rude. There's biological rudeness. That means they have trauma, safety behaviors. They have unresolved stuff. So you know it's no devil, no demon, no person has any possession. There's no zombies for real. There's a way that the brain of a person can work, but that's where the mental health community has a lot they can tell us about this, okay? So, okay, let me get back to Patrick Tiahan. I love watching my son grow up in safety, okay? And he says, we're born with naturally generous hearts and we can reclaim them by healing our childhoods. I love watching my son grow up in safety. He's present, he's kind. He rolls with things and engages with people in a chill, brave way. He is not so easily affected by others. He is forgiving. He teaches me. I think about what I was like at his age, growing up in the opposite. At his age, growing up in trauma, I was already raw, a raw nerve. The slightest bump with friends and kids at school could wreck me. One bad interaction and I couldn't play anymore. I had to go home. It didn't help that my parents modeled the same and lived in resentment and grudges. I could have been friends with you from fourth grade, but if you added a new friend to your life, that might be it for me. And he says, uh, and he shows a smiley face and a crying face. So basically he would end friendships potentially at that point. 
He says, we are not born like that. If you watch kids, they have a natural generosity with others. They are more present and they are more forgiving. Finishing business with our parents, he says, the people who made it personal allows us to open our hearts again. And then he says, what would it look like for you if your inner child wasn't so afraid, was secure, and didn't take things personally anymore? And here's where enlightenment the human way is at, because we are secure. We do not take things personally at all, and we do not ever actually close our hearts. So I raise my hand. Okay, so I'm Maria, the human being here, who's talking to you all always about my stories in the 5D mystic way and enlightenment the human way. I have had many choice points throughout my life, and I've always chosen love. So as an eight-year-old and then as a teenager, and here's where that never changed, even as I got to twin flame and flames and soulmates and my oversoul. So the 4D doesn't do you service or justice when they keep telling you that spirituality awakening means you lose people. Sadhguru doesn't do justice to those of you who have clairs and who wonder about them because there is more to the story, but the more is not because our imagination land needs to be taken as something that are truths. No, it's in your mind's eye. It is part of the neuroplasticity of your brain and really it's the reorganization reorganization of the self that doesn't subtract that you can have these ideas of those being as life because we all know how real Claire's and our channeling is but that's real because of the way that it communicates with us and us with the shared sphere of consciousness not because it is something that needs to be in storyland the way 4d make out people to be energy vampires and zombies and they create so many stories and right now with this information being something at hand we want to create not disinformation so i'm good with woo woo lady and pseudoscience lady not because the material is not education in the way of supporting your personal development. It is, but it is okay to recognize that I mix different type of pieces of information up and that mysticism is seen as woo-woo. It's okay because that's what secure attachment means. I'm safe to be Maria and I'm safe and I'm not ashamed to use the word woo-woo as I'm not embarrassed or insulted if somebody says uh, you're a whore because I'm a polyamory person, a solo poly, for example. Not that I've ever had that one happen yet, but that doesn't mean it won't. Or someone say you're a demon baby, devil baby, because you're a Reiki practitioner. And I was told by my priest that you are devil energy. You know that Peter Levine, he is secure excuse me, his uh, therapy of somatic experiencing. So he's a somatics therapist. I forget what other background, but he created the somatic experiencing approach, which is trademarker. There's an R. I don't remember why, but long story short, he talks about one of his sessions because I took a course with Diane Heller on trauma and attachment, and it was with him and her. And he describes the session that he had with his old lady that he was healing 
But when you heal someone, trauma memory comes up and, and therefore in sleep you will have certain types of dreams. And she, I don't know what she dreamed, but she was healing from her chronic pain. And she comes into the second session and says, only God can heal. And you're not God. So you're a devil or something, but you're not God. I'm not coming to you anymore. And she storms out and she never went back. And this is a person who's a therapist. They're not even a Reiki practitioner. So imagine a Reiki practitioner who will get told by somebody who's from one of the Christian or Catholic institutions that gets told, don't take a Reiki session because they're a demon energy. They're not, you know, they won't even go, they won't even bother explaining the, well, any of it. But people who are basically into traditional cults and culty cults and ethical cults so people who look for silverback people who want to be told how to live life adaptive children are not their own adults they will in fact patrick tiahan has a whole episode as do other childhood trauma therapists on how not to engage in these types of institutions or the dangers of them and this is where it's not about labeling the institutions as evil or demonic no it's about understanding why you would allow somebody else to tell you and here's where I have many different friends many different people 3d 4d 5d and from all of this what I can share is that any open-minded Christian and Catholic alike, when I tell them about what I've uncovered since I'm a Reiki practitioner and I respect other people, or somebody who's into complete monogamy and is not open to their own relationship being one that is polyamorous. Okay, so all people of all walks of life, and whenever I've introduced who I am, including my dreams, which are not just dreams, the people who are open-minded... This means they are people who understand that we live subjective realities and that we each are different people. They're not using words to label themselves. They're using words that represent how they feel life should be lived. And because they embody that, they are able to have open conversations. They don't make things personal. They are securely attached within their own identity. So being consciousness is you taking ownership of your thoughts, your feelings, your differentiated self, subjective experience, and sharing it with other people. Now that doesn't mean they move into complete restorative embodied self or integrated brain because that's a whole different topic. But if they do move into the enlightenment, that is because they will tap into infinite higher human consciousness potential. And at that point, it is something with a body and a mind that knows only ecstasy because the essence of life, purusha, prakriti, it's you, a human being, with the ability to harness your integrated brain, all hands on deck, left and right mode. Your default mode network is down-regulated, which means your ventral vagal nervous system is online and you don't need yoga for it. I only did yoga for the nine months that Sadhguru made me promise to do it. And it's because I made a promise. That's the only reason I did find benefit. The first time I did, I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I can feel a difference, but it's not a huge 
difference. It helped me ground my light body and more. It helped me expand my energy body more. I was already past the rainbow body. It didn't do some magic wand anything. And I'm like, what is this feel? As I learned about trauma, I was like, okay, now I'm starting to get it because doing yoga is a portfolio of ventral vagal nervous system exercises. Thank you, Stephen Porges, the polyvagal theory doctor explained that to me and I still need to finish my course with him. I also learned about mindfulness from Tara Brock and from Daniel Siegel, who explains why breath works to help a person. And it's all about you using your prefrontal cortex. And so here's where, as I was saying, people with the first two years of life, they have not had stimuli in the right side of their brain because they did not get the one-third attunement plus the repair to ruptures. And they did not get to put into practice that part of their cognitive processing and as i said neuroplasticity it's being found more and more that you can rewire your brain and it's not because you're a machine it's because your brain is neuroplastic but that's the part of where every person's journey is different and so not going to get into that one too much right now. I want to talk about the three-year-old who stays kind and generous and loving and heart-to-heart. I raised my hand and I asked all of you to pause yourselves and to just hold the emotion. So the ones of you who believe in human suffering as the must, I'm going to let you know that no, it's not a must. Those who feel it's a must, it's because it's a concept that's been given to you, but also you might feel that in your depths of your emotional body i don't emotions are not any type of deeply disturbing experience it doesn't feel scary it doesn't feel overwhelming it doesn't feel like a heartbreak gut wrench or trying to torn apart it doesn't feel anything except for what i've heard of emotion it's very light even when they've been at their deepest, all I found out was, wow, a body can really feel deep. But it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm hating being Maria every minute right now. Or, oh, my twin flame or flames has to go through saga. Or I'm being, you know, commanded by my twin flame flames. No, actually, if there's anything that's fucked up is the fact that there's this type of telepathy with our oversoul. Yeah, so that one, and I say fucked up for something that's specific, and it's only because of me confusing the, what's the word? It's for my, it's on my end, that's what it is. So when you are a person who thinks that you are somebody special, this is the part where you're going to be confusing something. Why? Because you can't decide that you're special for somebody. They have to let you know that you're special. And that's the part of not because you're more special. Let me specify. What I'm saying is it's through actions that we grow our relationship. Not through the fact that we can pick up on each other. Because picking up on each other, that's the part of our clairs. So they're not confusing because we know when we're picking up on our twin flame, flames, soulmates. We know because we will recognize their energetic imprint. But to think of yourself, you the human being, you as somebody who is special in the eyes of another, that's the part that you are confusing because you are not in another person's body or brain for that matter, meaning you're not their mind. 
So they have their own brain and their own mind, and then they have their own body, and they have their own relationship to that entirety of what they are as a human being, which also means they will make their conscious free will choices, their choice points, and they will therefore, through their actions, share what you or I or they again. It's very straightforward. So human to human, and that's why ego to ego. 4D disengages from the story of them being human being babies and <laughs> human beings overall. And on that note, enlightenment, soul ager, we don't forget, which is why we are very grateful when we're reminded of ego and of self and of you have a body and a mind and a brain and a person that is leading it. And so do I. And through our actions, we will dance the tango or not. When it comes to Claire's, this just gets better and better thanks to our entire oversoul because twin flames and soulmates, that's the part. It's not confusing as much as it's enlightening to be reminded of how to maintain your subjective experience and maintain it by choosing consistently to be a person who loves unconditionally. Unconditionally. And you don't lose your three-year-old. My three-year-old got more and more loving as every year of my lovely moving into adulthood and moving into teenager land moved forward. That's because I consciously chose to stay open-hearted at my eight years of age. I actually never close it. I just got explained why I was being disowned. And I was like, well, that makes sense because I'm pretty pushy about stuff. So I get it. <laughs> and then once I got to my 13, 14, I was aware of how many teenagers are emotionally immature and insecure and they don't actually hold any of their words so their words are are meaningless like for real <laughs> it's not even funny how many teenagers i'm like wow all of you kept saying your word was your bond and i saw every single one of those teenagers move into the whole opposite but this is normal because you are a person who has insecurities as i did i just as a teenager, learned not to be insecure because I was like, I'm so sensitive. I'm going to learn not to be sensitive. And here's where our brain actually goes through its own, again, as an adolescent, it's pruning process and you have another choice point. And so when you choose to stay with love in the forefront, that's another enlightenment, the human way button. Okay. So when you are moving into becoming more of yourself, you get opportunities and when you learn from said guru the different ages you'll notice eight is an important age i think 13 or 16 i forget and then there's other ages that he talks about and for women there's 40 well for men no for men it's 40 for women maybe it's 42 or 38 something like that and all of it will coincide with what i've been learning not only from a physiological perspective, but also in your own scientific and psychoeducational perspective. So you don't lose friends. You don't lose anybody from your oversoul. If you move into enlightenment the human way, you are moving more and more towards that 5D, which is integration of the brain, restored embodied self. So you grow more loving, and that's because you learn about secure attachment. You learn about healthy self-worth. You learn that you don't fix people. People don't fix you. You learn about being your own differentiated self. You learn about talking with people about your emotions. 
and about your thoughts and you learn to accept the different societal, religious, political and lifestyle choices and you learn to respect when somebody gets nasty because people who are afraid of that which is different are not someone that we are afraid of because our healthy self-worth enlightenment the human way is this you can call me a whore you can call me demon baby you can call me all the names in the book as i was growing up teenager maria i was like yeah your words mean nothing to me except for i have a heart it's still beating and oh look your breakup i'm still a heart i'm still beating oh they said that you wouldn't love as much as you do i'm loving more Hmm. let me see i'm still loving more i'm still loving more i'm still loving more I didn't lose any of the love. In fact, I've gained exponentially. This is a window of welcome to emotions, though. People who get into a window of welcome with their emotions, they, some, have a window. It's called of tolerance, which is very important to notice because that's your nervous system, not mine. And when I asked you how many will raise your hand about being unconsciously loving and generous and kind, this is a very important thing for you, not for me. If your body and heart got rigid, that is your window of tolerance. That is your nervous system. And that is your attachment system, longing to be seen, to be soothed, to be safe, to be secure, to be yourself. Your first year of life, your first two, this is where that feeling comes from. I'm a-okay with being imperfect, flawed Maria, and giggly and happy about it. And as a three-year-old, here's where my famous story, the one of, I told my mom, you cannot spank me, it's my body. And she spanked me and I then went to make my suitcase because she disobeyed my very command, which was, you cannot spank me, it is my body. But I didn't leave because obviously I stayed there, but I also didn't disrespect or hold resentment or contempt or any of those, ah, I was helpless. No, there is an understanding from the land of, I got explained, I heard, I understood, equanimity, Shiva, no thingness. Not cold-heartedness. Cold-heartedness is a person who's disconnecting from the human baby they are because in that moment, they would get then heartbreak and feel defective, and that's called the shame button, and that's a whole different story. So my button did not move into shame. It stayed in equanimity with love, open, and there you go. 43 years of age, and I am more loving than ever before. And it's thanks to my choice points. The interactions with people are the moments you get to decide how you're going to treat another human being. And this is called free will. And this is where even if you're reactive, you learn how to take accountability with your own words. And if you truly want to be a person that holds your heart body, value body, you will. Because you'll maintain alignment with your physical energy slash emotional and mental body. And that means you'll treat another person in the way you want to be treated. Not use a stereotype or the devil or evil or some lame humans are going to have to suffer or humans are shit or humans are parasite or none of that. Said guru, human, your humans are uh, whatever the word was. Humans nature is love. Stephen Porges, ventral vagal nervous system, love. It is, though, a restorative embodied self. To move into that, here's where, as Patrick Tiahan points out, good therapy is important. But so is people who take ownership of their own actions and inaction and can look at their own family and say, wait a minute, 
I'm pretty sure I would not give my childhood to anybody. And I'm pretty sure in my body, I feel kind of, no, not kind. I feel a lot like shit or crap. And I'm bringing it into my stuff and into my life and into my relationship. I have hell in my body. And it's not the experience of all people. So maybe I can go and check out good therapy. And that's where the starting point is. It's when people take consideration their relationships because they care about building human relationships. So they care about their mammalian heritage. When they create stories, they create stories. 43D. And they create other soul age groups. And then they stay in the, we lose friends and lose people and there's sagas and stories. And that's another, for another time. But enlightenment soul age group, the human way. It's all about restorative embodied self-integration of the brain and us taking accountability and ownership of being human babies and imperfect and flawed and continuing to choose to love, respect, and to have heart-to-heart conversation. It doesn't mean that they're going to be nice. It just means they're going to be heart-to-heart, which means vulnerable and open and just amazing when we tango together. Remember, trauma is relational. Intimacy is the core. The first relationship is with yourself. Intimate. And then you'll be able to also have that with others. And it's really amazing. So we'll be back with more. But for now, I will let you go. Remember to stay tuned for our masterclass and for paid subscription-based model content. You can already sign up. We are always focusing on the inner growth mindset, tapping into your infinite higher human consciousness, potential experience. This all involves emotion regulation and emotion regulation building skills as well as the relationships minus the drama so remember you don't lose friends or family or twin flames or anything like that you always grow more of your relationships because you choose love and that's because we work together to establish what are grown-up functional adults love language relationships so we'll be back with more have a great day